Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. Why choose a Sleep Number Smart Bed? Can I make my side softer? Can I make my side firmer? Whenever I want? Can, Can we, we sleep, sleep cooler? Sleep Number does that. Cools up to eight times faster and lets you choose your ideal comfort on either side. 94% of Sleep Number smart sleepers report better sleep. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. To find a store near you, visit sleepnumber.com. After a small town in Ohio experiences the harshest winter in decades, a horrible discovery is made. It's like a dead body laying here. She's right at the end of the circle uh, behind a snow mound. Her arms had been bound. There was trauma to her head. Like, what kind of crazy do you have to be to do something like that? As police uncover possible suspects, they learn not everything is as it seems. Was it the angry alcoholic boyfriend or some stranger she ran into? Will Mother Nature help detectives get to the bottom of this tragic mystery? Weather can be a great assistance to law enforcement. Sometimes the weather gives investigators just enough pieces of the puzzle to help catch a killer. In northeastern Ohio, just 15 miles west of Cleveland, is the quiet bedroom community of North Ridgeville. Located on the southern side of Lake Erie, the area gets some of the wildest weather in the country. The weather here varies so much. You know, we talk about winter months and how there's lake effect snow and extreme cold. In the summer, it can be really hot and humid with lots of sunshine, and sometimes you can get both weather elements or two weather elements in the same day. In 2015, Northern Ohio experienced one of the most brutal winters, especially in February, when two feet of snow and 10 days of temperatures below zero broke records. There was a lot of snow, there was a lot of ice. It was a pretty bad winter. By March, temperatures slowly began to rise above freezing and that snow finally began to melt. As Northern Ohio starts to see some springtime weather, a disturbing call comes into the North Ridgeville Police Department from a local man. 911, what is the address of your emergency? I'm at the end of Victory Lane in North Ridgeville. He was having some excavation done on his property and had just driven out there to check on the work that was being done. That's when he made a horrifying discovery behind one of the snow piles on his property. Uh, looks like a dead body laying here. Looks like a woman. She's all purple. She, I don't know if she has clothes on or not. She's so discolored. She's right at the end of the circle uh, behind a snow mound. North Ridgeville is a, a pretty quiet, safe 
town, so we don't get these kind of calls. As officers and detectives race to the scene about 20 miles east in the city of Lakewood, 26-year-old Rochelle Tybersky hasn't been home in days. Rochelle Shelley Tybersky was born in October 1988 and raised in Lakewood, Ohio, about seven miles west of Cleveland. She was the oldest of three girls, and when she was about seven, her parents, Daryl and Janet Tybersky, had Hannah and then Megan a couple of years later. Shelley's mom stayed home and raised the kids while her dad was a well-respected criminal defense attorney. As a little girl, Shelley was the apple of her father's eye. She was daddy's little girl. They were extremely close. But on August 24th, 1999, when Shelley was just 10 years old, tragedy struck the family. Daryl Tybersky was coming home one night and lost control of his car. He got into an accident and died instantly. The entire family was devastated. But for Shelley, the death of her father was extremely traumatic. It devastated Shelley that her father had passed because they were very close. In fact, the following year, Shelley started showing signs of mental illness. She would tell outlandish stories and exaggerate the truth. She would have emotional outbursts and sometimes throw things. She was diagnosed as being bipolar. She had been getting counseling, um, medication. Although the family received death benefits, Shelley's mom struggled to raise three kids by herself and give Shelley the care she needed. Janet had actually worked in schools uh, as a teacher's aide. She had been a social worker. She had worked uh, in a nightclub. She had a variety of jobs. And when Shelley hit her teenage years, she really began acting out. After high school, Shelly found herself with no direction. She couldn't hold down a job, didn't have a license, didn't drive. She was just kind of lost. She would rebel a little bit. I mean, she wasn't one to be controlled. <laughs> she was kind of a wild child. But in 2010, at age 22, while still living at home, she met a man named Tommy Fialco. Shelly had met Tommy um, basically randomly on the street and she found out that Tommy was in a band and Tommy invited her to one of his shows and they kind of hit it off. Tommy was a hard-charging rocker who drank heavily and liked to party hard. He was also significantly older than Shelly. She was in her early 20s, he was in his early 40s. Sparks flew and within months, Shelly was pregnant. Unfortunately, as soon as they learned of the baby, their relationship soured. And then at that point, uh, they kind of separated and weren't together. Um, I believe they kind of kept in contact. In 2011, with her mother Janet by her side, Shelly delivered a healthy baby boy. Being a mom mellowed Shelly. She was happy about being a mom and would regularly post photos on social media of her baby boy. By late 2014, Shelly's younger sisters both went off to college. Hannah attended Oberlin College, 30 miles away, while Megan went to school in Nebraska. Shelly was still living with her mother, and 
She seemed very happy, relaxed. Then that Thanksgiving, Tommy and Shelly decided to give it another try, letting her mother Janet watch their son while they were away. They had kind of reignited and rekindled their relationship. And at that point, Shelly was spending most of her weekends at Tommy's place in Cleveland um, and leaving uh, her son um, with Janet for Janet to watch while she was away for the weekend. They both found the second time around was better as a couple and as parents to their young son. They even talked about moving in together. Things were looking up for Shelly. Until March 15th, 2015, when the discovery of a woman's body behind a snow pile leads detectives down a dark path full of twists and turns and the ultimate betrayal. Could the remnants of a brutally cold and snowy winter season aid police in their quest for the truth? In Northeast Ohio, when you have an outdoor crime scene, you always have to be cognizant of the weather. Um, whether it's snow, ice, rain, um, those can have an effect on your evidence. Weather is such a powerful force. It can be an investigator's best friend or worst enemy. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. In 2015, North Ridgeville, Ohio, is experiencing one of the coldest winters on record. This winter had been brutal. We had temperatures below freezing more days than not. And then you talk about the wind chills, those were below zero. 
But in March, the temperatures begin to rise and the once large snow piles across the region begin to melt. Discovered behind one of these snow piles is the body of a woman. Officers and detectives from North Ridgeville Police are dispatched to the scene. The snow plows had pushed these piles of snow up onto the curb, and the body was slightly behind one of these snow piles, and these snow piles were kind of melting. She was hidden behind it. From the street, she would not have been seen at all. If the owner of the property had not come out to check his property and the weather stayed as cold as it was, it could have been days or weeks before she was found. Knowing the body is outside, homicide detectives Greg Pitek and Pat West prepare themselves for a difficult crime scene. Whenever you have an outside crime scene, you always have to be aware of the weather and what's going on. The weather can change your evidence. So in this case, it was actually much colder, much drier than usual. It hadn't snowed or rained in some time. We had temperatures in the 50s. A lot of evidence that could have been destroyed or washed away or removed because of weather. The weather was in our favor. Detectives examined the body closely. The first thing I notice is a female, partially nude. She's laying face down, basically discarded like trash. We didn't know if it was uh, somebody that had been murdered and dumped there. We didn't know if it was an overdose. At the time, we were having a lot of heroin overdoses. It could have been an accidental death. But a closer look tells them this was no accident. We noticed that there was blood on the victim's face, hair, and head. So this was clearly not a natural death. Was this the cause of death? We didn't even know what the cause of death was. Although it appears her death may have been sexually motivated. The body was partially disrobed. The victim's bra was pulled up above her breasts. The hands were tied together with a black garbage bag. We suspected that there may have been some type of sexual assault, but there was no evidence of a struggle, no blood or anything in or around where the body was discovered. Which leads police to one conclusion. This person died in another location. The body was moved and then placed at this scene. Now we're looking at two different crime scenes. We have the actual scene where the body was discovered. Now we had to find out where she was actually uh, killed. And moving her would not have been an easy task. She weighed approximately 200 pounds and was around five foot nine inches tall. We suspected that it was possibly a male that had placed the body where it was at. To have this kind of violence and then be dumped like trash, whoever did this to her must have really had some hate. It was pretty cruel and heartless. A thorough search of the area reveals nothing that can identify her. Where's her property? There was nothing around there. All we had was a body. But the victim had some tattoos that were distinctive. She had on her upper center back a single flower with leaves, possibly a poinsettia, and on her upper right forearm, a Chinese symbol. Police spread out further to look for clues. Although the recent dry weather was helpful by not destroying evidence, it also isn't helping detectives in their search. We didn't see any footprints. We didn't see any tire tracks. 
the scene was relatively dry other than a few snow piles where the snow was melting. Weather can help or doom an investigation. During the winter months, it's so cold that in some cases the ground freezes. So it's actually really hard. You're not going to leave footprints easily like you would other times of year. Because her body was left and then time had passed by, the snow began to melt and we started to get puddles. So obviously any sources of evidence are, are going to be tough to gather by that point. So police didn't find anything in the area that was connected to the victim or the killer. And the cool temperatures affected the investigation in another way. Due to the weather, we were unsure of how long the body had been laying there. Cold weather slows down decomposition. So at that point, she could have been placed there within hours. There's really not a lot of insect activity. So it really actually hindered us because if it was July or August, there's a lot of insect activity and we would be able to determine when they had died based on the stages of development of the flies. So we had no time frame as when the body was dumped there. We really didn't know who she was, how she got there, even as to how she died. So there were a lot of unanswered questions. Detectives hope an autopsy will provide them with answers. While the body is sent to the medical examiner's office, police widen their search. So we started to assign personnel to go to nearby businesses to look for video surveillance cameras in the hopes that these cameras would have caught the perpetrator's vehicle coming and going from the scene. When they return to police headquarters, investigators try to identify the victim. It's difficult to find out who killed somebody if you don't know who got killed. We searched nationwide databases for missing women that may have matched the description of our uh, unidentified female. Uh, unfortunately, we found no match. We actually fingerprinted her and we transmitted them to the FBI in the hopes that we could identify them that way. Unfortunately, we came up empty there. We had uh, no leads on who this victim was. We were really at wit's end. In a homicide investigation, I think your biggest fear is never solving it. Investigators take an unusual step in their Jane Doe murder case, but will the weather help them catch her killer? I was just flabbergasted. Dad, this is bad. Oh my God. Oh my God, this is a nightmare. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders, while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Weather affects us in our routine life, each and every day, everywhere we go. But weather can also provide assistance to law enforcement. As the spring temperatures start to melt northern Ohio after a frigid winter, Northridgeville police investigating the murder of a Jane Doe found behind a snow pile have run out of leads. With the clock ticking, detectives make a desperate decision. released a edited photo of the victim's face to the news media. So the tattoos on the victim were important in getting it out to the news media. Hopefully somebody would recognize those tattoos. You have to be very sensitive when you do these kind of things because this is someone's daughter, this could be someone's you know, girlfriend. Thanks to the unusual chilly March temperatures, her facial features are intact. Fortunately for us, because of the weather, there really hadn't been any decomposition of the body, and so her facial features were very uh, prevalent. Enlisting the media's help pays off. Five hours later and 30 miles away in the town of Lakewood, police get a call that jumpstarts the Ridgeville detectives' investigation. I just saw a picture of my daughter. What's your daughter's first name? Rochelle, and they call her Shelly. She saw the photo that was on the news. She saw the pictures of the tattoos. Dead. Dead. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's a nightmare. Detectives learned the woman is 45-year-old Janet Tybersky. Shortly after her call, detectives Greg Petek and Pat West visit Janet at her Lakewood home. When we got there, we were met by Janet and her daughter, Hannah. Hannah had come home from college that day and seemed highly upset and grieving. Janet Tybersky, she was crying, she was distraught. Janet tells the detectives that she is positive the body is her 26-year-old daughter, Rochelle Shelley Tybersky. She says that Shelly was a troubled girl. She did inform us that Rochelle was on medication. She did have mental health issues that she dealt with. Shelly was described by her mother as having a lot of outbursts, anger issues, being bipolar. Janet says that Shelly and her four-year-old son live there while her other daughters are away at college. 
She says that Shelly has custody of her son, but has no money, doesn't work, and doesn't even drive. Janet at the time was just staying home and helping take care of Shelly's son. And when they asked Janet when she last saw her daughter, she says she hadn't seen her since last Thursday night. She admits the two had an argument. Janet tells detectives that the fight was over Shelly's boyfriend, Tommy Fialco, the father of her grandson. She disapproved of the relationship. Janet implies she never liked Tommy's lifestyle. Janet painted a picture of Shelly's boyfriend, Tommy, as uh, being kind of a wild, uh, partying, rock and roll type of guy. He played in a band. She had told us that Shelly had uh, indicated that she was wanting to move in with Tommy. And one of the things Janet had said was that she didn't think it was a good idea. Janet didn't seem to be uh, too confident that Shelly could raise her four-year-old son due to her turbulent lifestyle. Janet thought that Shelly should give custody to her so she could take care of him. Janet said Shelly's reaction was pretty typical. She started throwing things and had a tantrum. Janet explains that on that night, they went to bed around midnight. Then she thought she heard Shelly leave a couple hours later. Although she did not see Tommy come and pick her up, she did hear a car come into the driveway and the door open, and she assumed that uh, Rochelle had left the house with Tommy. Janet figured she hadn't heard from her daughter all weekend because Shelly was still upset with her. Janet said that she did not report Shelly missing for over three days because she just wanted her to cool off. So basically the last thing she said was is that Shelly left with her boyfriend, and that was the last time that Janet had seen Shelly. Investigators want to talk with Tommy Fialco. So we want to find out who is he, where does he live. Immediately, we thought this is a good suspect. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. 
Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Northridgeville detectives investigating the murder of 26-year-old Shelley Tybersky are at her mother Janet's house after giving her and her younger daughter Hannah the death notification. Janet told them that the last time she saw Shelley was at 2.30 on Friday morning and that she had likely left with her boyfriend, Tommy. As detectives wrap up the interview, they ask if they can take a quick look around the house and Janet agrees. All seems in order, but when they look in Shelly's bedroom, they notice something strange. Shelly's bed had hardly any blankets or pillows or anything on it. It was almost uh, void of, of the typical types of bedding you would see in Cleveland during the coldest winter in decades, which that struck me as odd, that we're going through the coldest winter in, in decades and the bed has uh, you know, hardly any bedding on it at all. And it just seemed like the bed had been thrown together or it had been changed. It just didn't seem consistent with somebody sleeping in that bed during a very prolonged cold winter. It was a brutal winter in 2015. Cold, snowy, in fact, the coldest winter they'd seen in decades. We were talking temperatures below zero most days and then wind chill values even colder than that. Janet told them that's how Shelley liked to sleep with a mattress on the floor and not many blankets. Although it's odd, detectives make a mental note and move on. They decide to head back to the station and give the family space. We weren't really able to talk to Hannah because she was seemed highly upset and grieving. And it, you kind of want to let the, let the family grieve. While the brutal winter slowly becomes a distant memory, details of Shelley's murder spread through town and everyone is shaken by the news. When I found out, I was just flabbergasted. Like, I was very upset about it, shocked. After discovering who their victim is, detectives Greg Pitek and Pat West now have a person of interest to investigate. 45-year-old Tommy Fialco, Shelly's boyfriend and father of their four-year-old son. Tommy was a heavy drinker. Um, he had some anger issues, and he was supposed to be the last person to see her alive. Tommy had some brushes with the law in the past, but nothing nothing too concerning, but he wasn't a stranger uh, to the criminal justice system. Investigators make contact with Tommy and set up a time to meet. They head out to his apartment in Cleveland. Detectives sit down with Tommy at his apartment. They immediately notice his odd behavior. Tommy's personality was kind of all over the map. So, you know, it, it won, sometimes he'd be a little bit animated and upset. We asked him about his whereabouts that weekend and also about 
picking up Shelly um, that Friday at her residence. When's the last time you actually saw her? The weekend before this. Not this past week. No. As a matter of fact, he stated to us that he was pretty much drunk the whole weekend. Tommy partied hard. He drank a lot. I'm always drunk. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm just being honest with you. I've been in a, in a blackout drunk for the last four days. He was telling us about how he was at this bar, he was at that bar, he was at home, he was drinking a case of beer and, and, a, and a bottle of Jack Daniels, and he didn't remember most of the weekend. Tommy told them that he didn't remember anything that had happened, but he knew that he did not pick up Shelly and that he had no contact with her. When people start talking about uh, they, they have uh, memory loss for long periods of time, we think they're maybe they're laying the groundwork for an alibi, like, hey, I don't remember what happened. If it happened, so be it, but I don't remember because I was so drunk I was blacked out. So that, that was concerning when he said that he was blacked out drunk that whole weekend. You become suspicious because then that leaves an out as to them not being able to explain what they did or where they were at. Detectives decide to bring Tommy in for a formal interview, but before they do, they search his apartment. Tommy was very cooperative. He let police look at whatever they wanted. He allowed us to search the residence. Um, there was nothing significant that was found. We asked him, can we search your truck? He said, sure, go ahead. Police take his truck in for examination. They knew that it was sometime between Friday and Sunday when Shelly was killed and her body was dumped. So they even pulled video from businesses around his place. Back at the station, Tommy doesn't waver. During the course of that interview, Tommy was very, um, very strong in his denials and never changed his story. As long as you're honest with us, Tom. I'm 100% honest. I'm telling you guys everything. He claims the last time he had any communication with Shelly was on Thursday the 12th, three days before her body was found, and it was through text. My last communication with her was about 8.30 on Thursday night, and she was supposed to call me Friday morning, and she never did. He even gives the police his cell phone to check. We could establish through those text messages that he was telling the truth, that we could actually see the communication. While detectives gather evidence, they decide to let Tommy go for now. We didn't have any reason to hold him at that point. We knew who he was, we knew where he lived. We knew that we could always find him later if we needed to. Two days later, the final results of the autopsy are completed. And thanks to the weather, the coroner was able to determine Shelley's time of death. In and around March 2015, it was still unusually cool. Now remember, we had just come out of the coldest winter in decades, and there was still snow on the ground, which was rare for this time of year. Weather uh, played a role in that it did help preserve evidence for us. Um, it slowed down the decomposition of, of the body. It appears Shelley was not sexually assaulted. However, the coroner does confirm the trauma to her upper body. She had substantial injuries to the back of the head, the skull, the face, and even the chest by blunt force trauma. Although it wasn't enough to 
um, kill her. It wouldn't, it wouldn't have been uh, lethal or fatal trauma. The coroner concluded that it was probably some type of fixation. The coroner estimates the time of death to be sometime around Friday, March 13th, the same day Janet said Tommy had picked Shelly up. We didn't know if maybe did Tommy become jealous of another guy that maybe Shelly ran off with, or if they maybe had gotten intoxicated together and something happened. Detectives are about to find the biggest clue in their murder investigation, one that'll have them all in shock. No one would believe this would happen. No one saw it coming. It was kind of a chilling uh, feeling. It was definitely something that we did not expect. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. North Ridgeville investigators have been investigating Shelley's boyfriend, their number one suspect in her murder, Tommy Fialco. We were examining his truck. We had to do a forensic analysis of his cell phone. Um, that took several days. These types of things don't happen overnight. Police conducted several interviews with Tommy, grilling him about his relationship with Shelley. We had also looked at video camera surveillance of Tommy's neighborhood to see what his comings and goings were that weekend. We're still kind of analyzing everything. But when all is said and done, police are still left empty-handed. We didn't have anything that indicated that uh, Shelley was there in his vehicle, and we didn't have any direct evidence that indicated that he was involved in this crime. At that point, we were, were kind of back at square one as far as suspects. It was almost like we were at a standstill. You know, we've hit a brick wall. Since Tommy's in the clear and detectives are slowly running out of leads, they focus on what they do have. They were getting in all of the surveillance video from the businesses close to where Shelley's body was found. They scour through all the footage with a keen eye and come across something curious. We had discovered that there was a silver minivan that had been down Victory Lane earlier the morning um, that Shelley's body was discovered. We could see a silver minivan turn down that road and disappear off into the abyss. And about seven minutes later, the van reemerged and left. Just long enough to dump a body. 
It can't be a coincidence. So we knew what kind of vehicle we were looking for. That's when it dawns on investigators. They've seen that minivan before. Janet owned a similar minivan, the same make and model minivan as the one that was seen on surveillance video. So it was kind of a chilling uh, feeling. It was definitely something that we did not expect. At that point, we enlisted the help of uh, the Ohio Bureau of Criminal Investigations um, to assist us in conducting a uh, search of Janet's vehicle and the residence. Meanwhile, investigators questioned family and friends about the relationship between mother and daughter and discover a troubled relationship that had been ongoing for years. When Rochelle would go to my house, uh, she would explain how she was trying to get away from her mother, that she was uh, kicked out or she was running away. Janet had two other daughters. They were younger, more successful. And so with Shelly having, you know, mental health issues and, and being bipolar, um, we discovered that there was kind of a volatile relationship between the two of them. I guess her mom had more favoritism towards the other two daughters. And then she forced all of her anger on Rochelle. There was a documented history of of arguments, of, of domestic disturbances. It never usually rose to the level of, of violence, but uh, just kind of arguing and disorderly conduct. They also discovered that Janet had a lot of debt. We looked at Janet's financial records, and we could tell that she was struggling to just keep her head above water. The house was being foreclosed on. She had very little money coming in. Janet had recently lost her job as a preschool aide. The government survival benefits that she received after her husband's death only lasted until her youngest turned 18. What benefits she had been receiving had ended because all of her children were now adults. So Janet was having a difficult time financially just getting by. Detectives suspect the real reason Janet wanted custody of her grandson wasn't because of Shelley's boyfriend. It was because of the money she'd get. That would have given her a chance to get uh, assistance with food, with money, with daycare, and make her eligible for other assistance. We also discovered that after Shelley's son had been born, that Janet had actually taken out a life insurance policy on Shelley. We thought it was odd that she would get life insurance on one daughter, but not the other two. To police, it looks like Janet has the most to gain with Shelley's death. We were conducting more interviews with more people, and everything's sort of coming together all at once. Now they just need physical proof. Although nothing substantial is found in the home, the van is another story. They identified two areas of blood inside that van. One was a spot in the back of the van in the cargo area on a piece of carpet, and another was a scuff mark on the inside trim panel of the driver's side door. Those samples were collected and sent for DNA analysis. It took weeks, but when the results came in, they were determined to be Shelley Tybersky's blood. At that point, we were fairly certain with the evidence that Janet was involved in the death of Rochelle. Once we had established that the blood in her van 
was Shelley's. We went back to Janet with a warrant to seize her van uh, as evidence. And when detectives arrive at Janet's to serve her the warrant, she drops a bombshell. No one's gonna believe it, so I'm gonna tell you. It was a shock to both myself and Detective West. The weather in North Ridgeville, Ohio in 2015 both helped and hurt the investigation into the murder of 26-year-old Shelley Tybersky. The snow mound actually hid her body from being discovered. So it wasn't found right away, and that prolonged the investigation. After finding Shelley's blood in Janet's minivan and seeing the van on security video near the crime scene, detectives take another trip to Janet's house. At that point, we made the decision that we were going to seize um, Janet's van. But while there, Janet makes a shocking admission. No one's going to believe it. So I'm going to tell you, I'm going to go ahead and confess to killing Rochelle in a crime of passion. We had no idea that Janet was ready to confess. So we sat down at her dining room table, and at that point, she confessed to murdering her daughter. It kind of was an ongoing argument throughout the evening. Shelly was not fit in Janet's mind to care for that little boy. And Janet wanted to get custody, and Shelly was the obstacle that she needed to get out of the way for that to happen. So I went up to bed. With her, it would have been approximately about 3, 3.30 AM. She went to sleep. I smothered her in her bed. What did you use to smother her with? Blankets and pillows. She went into Shelly's room, and she pressed the pillow and the blanket over Shelly's face. And Janet started to bang Shelly's head onto the hardwood floor. And I smothered her. And I, with all my force. Janet said that after she killed Shelly that night, she just left Shelly's body in Shelly's bedroom. She went to bed. The next day on Saturday, Janet makes arrangements for her grandson to spend the weekend with relatives. She cleans up the blood on the floor, wraps Shelly's body, and bags the bloody evidence including Shelly's mattress and the pillows and bedding Janet had used to kill her with, which explains the condition of her bed. It was such a cold, snowy winter in 2015. That did not make sense to us. That told us that something about that scene was not right, that, was, that was, had been changed or tampered with or altered because it just wasn't consistent with the weather. Janet also explains why Shelly's body was found the way it was. Shelly had slept that way, uh, being naked um, from the waist down. She also indicated to us that she had basically tied Shelly's hands together uh, with the plastic bag for ease of transport. But she realizes she can't move the body by herself, so she enlists the help of her daughter, Hannah, who's at Oberlin, 40 miles away. She calls her and asks her to come home. I didn't tell her right away. 
I said, you know, I've been doing some spring cleaning and stuff. So we got some bags, some garbage bags thrown out. After getting rid of the evidence, Janet breaks the news to her. Hannah was kind of put into a, uh, a bind as what, what do you do? Do you go to the police when your mother <laughs> tells you that she murdered your sister? Or do you, do you help your mother? Um, Hannah chose to, to help her mother. In the middle of the night, Janet and Hannah load Shelly's body into the back of Janet's minivan and dump her in North Ridgeville. They saw a secluded dead-end street, which was Victory Lane, with a big pile of snow that they could easily hide her body behind. They had no idea that the property owner would be showing up the next day. Afterwards, Janet drove Hannah back to school. Janet then cleaned out the minivan, missing a few drops of blood. It was kind of surreal hearing all this just unfold all at once right in front of us. Police arrest Janet for murder and pick up Hannah as well. She's pretty much disposed like garbage. That's your own blood. Like, how? what kind of crazy do you have to be to do something like that? Facing possible life in prison if convicted of murder, Janet ultimately takes a plea deal in April 2017. Janet pled guilty to murder, felonious assault, tampering with evidence, and gross abuse of a corpse. She was sentenced to 19 years to life in prison. Hannah also pleads guilty as part of a deal with prosecutors. Hannah eventually pled guilty to gross abuse of a corpse, which was a misdemeanor. She was sentenced to 90 days in jail and a fine. Shelly Tyberski will always be missed by her friends. If Shelly was sitting in front of me right now, I would probably run over and give her a big hug and tell her how much I miss her. I miss her energy a lot. I'm sorry. <laughs> Thanks to the weather, investigators were able to crack the case that seemed almost impossible to solve. Weather plays a part in everyday routine life. It affects us in everything we do and everywhere we go. This case it was probably will stick out in my mind as long as I live. I don't think there's another case like it, so this is a case I won't soon forget. <laughs> 